Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. A statewide tornado siren test was done last Tuesday as part of Severe Weather Preparedness Week. St. Joseph County has 67 tornado sirens, a warning system built in the late 90s. At least two of the 67 sirens failed to sound. It's an older system and battery powered, but there's some good news for the future of these sirens. New ones will be added and older ones will be upgraded. These sirens are 22 years old and take four car batteries each to operate. On towers tall enough, each siren can see the next. It works much like a line of sight. So if, um, if one siren antenna can see the other siren antenna with no obstructions, usually the transmission works fine. But during today's test, WSBT photographers went to three sirens. For some reason, two remained silent. This is why these are tested, so emergency management can find problems and fix them. Then we can go back and, and dig into the, um, the computer uh, database and look at that siren and make sure that the communication transmission did go through and was accepted. Money to maintain these sirens, Antonucci tells me, is from a county emergency management fund. Maintenance can be costly. It's a year-round process. It, we, when we get finished with you know, the last siren, where it's time to go back, to the first siren and begin the process all over again. This year, the team will install hardwired electrical lines to the sirens. The four batteries will remain as backups, saving thousands on maintenance and allowing the siren to sound longer without the need to charge the batteries. With cell phones and TV delivering weather warnings, outdoor sirens are still needed. A little bit difficult in a, in a county of 270,000 people where, believe it or not, not everybody has a cell phone. Not everybody has a television. This is an outdoor warning system, at least if people are outside, it gives them a chance to take shelter. The emergency management team told me that the process to adding electrical power lines to sirens has already begun. 28 sirens should be added for electrical power lines this summer. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. With gas over $4 a gallon and likely to stay there through the summer, a lot more people are interested in electric cars these days. Gas prices increased $2 a gallon from a year ago. People are looking for efficient ways to get around town or take a long road trip. She took it, I think, to charge maybe three separate times. And out of those three times, it ended up being, I think, $20 total. Um, and so with that, she was like, I would have been spending, you know, 40, 50, maybe even $60 just to do this with, uh, with my car. With gas prices at an all-time high, many are thinking of switching to an electric ride. 40% of people looking to buy a new car have researched electric or hybrid options in the last month. However, the average electric vehicle is about $10,000 more expensive than a comparable gas car. Even with the higher prices, local dealerships say they simply don't have the inventory to meet the demand. My wife and I talked and we decided, you know, we should do something else with the car. I love Tesla. But what if you need a short-term solution? Kyle Stevenson lists his electric vehicle on a rental site and demand has skyrocketed. So in December, January, just a couple. But then in February, I actually rented it out most days of the month. Why people are renting also changed from date nights to more basic needs. 
The last person got in a car accident and needed a car to get around town for a week. She told me, like, I was surprised at how much cheaper it was from a gas perspective because it really wasn't the reason why she took it. Now she's considering buying one in the future. People are also renting the car specifically because of gas prices. We wanted this trip, it was going to be great, uh, but we realized that the gas prices driving all the way down to Georgia were going to be like hundreds of dollars. Stevenson rents his car on Turo for $99 a day. Similar mid-sized vehicles from rental companies in the area get about 35 miles per gallon. The cost of charging his vehicle for 35 miles is just 48 cents. A difference that sealed the deal for the couple heading to Georgia. This is going to save us money even if we took our own car, you know, renting this car is going to be even better. If you're planning to go on a road trip this summer, GasBuddy predicts the average cost of a gallon of gas will peak in May. Even as prices decline after May, the average is expected to be over $4 until November. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. A new batch of teachers will graduate college and enter the workforce in less than three months, and they are needed. Some experts say the teacher pipeline is in crisis. While we know that the pandemic has aggravated the teacher shortage crisis, what I've learned is that the number of new teachers entering the profession has dropped significantly over the past decade. So this isn't a new problem. The teacher pipeline is still flowing, but some say it could use more pressure. Keenan's story is right now in the teacher pipeline. On this afternoon, he's heading to class on campus at Bethel University. But when he graduates in December, he'll become an elementary school teacher. I didn't always know that I wanted to be a teacher, but I think uh, the more and more that I really thought about it, I saw the impact that teachers can have in the classroom that impacts students um, in the elementary years. The problem is, in Indiana, there are right now fewer prospective teachers like Story than there were 15 years ago. Because there's a zero in the ones place. Look at the numbers. This is state data showing the number of people issued first-time teaching licenses in Indiana since 2006. You can see it's been a roller coaster ride. You'll notice a large drop from 2006 to 2011, and then again between 2013 and 2015. And the numbers have never fully recovered. What we're seeing um, is undergraduates who are coming into schools of education across the state generally, um, there are fewer of them who are identifying as wanting to be teachers on the outset. Hope Smith Davis is the dean of the School of Education at IU South Bend. She says the number of students seeking a teaching license peaked in the years leading up to the Great Recession but dropped significantly after 2009. School of Education enrollment at IU South Bend is still around half of what it was in 2006. St. Mary's College draws its students from around the country. Listen up for attendance, Jocelyn. It too has seen a decline in education students. We spoke with Stephen Mast, who's the licensing advisor at St. Mary's. The pictures on the wall at his office tell the story. And then 2005, which was our biggest year, oh my gosh, we couldn't even fit on the bridge. We had to use uh, we had to use Hagar. Morning. In 2005, the school saw 82 School of Education graduates. The number was cut in half by 2008, and the decline has continued. How many think there were there? Um, looks like that year there might have been around 30. But still, it's about, you know, half as many as there were in 2005. So what might be the reason the teacher pipeline seems to be slowing? I think part of it is the, um, the pressure on teachers and the change of uh, perception about teachers and um, the, 
seeming lack of respect for teachers. You can see the layers in it. That's awesome. Many believe it's the public's perception of teachers. The large declines seen in state data and college enrollment numbers seem to come in years after major legislation. Early in the 2000s, federal legislation was passed linking student testing to teacher pay. And here in Indiana, around 2015, legislation changed requirements and compensation for teachers. At the same time, there was a lot of, of negativity, I think, in the, in the news cycle, just simply about all of these changes that were happening in, in education. Good morning, Jocelyn. Because teachers have been, morning, for lack of a better word, like, villainized. Morning, and I think that perception has definitely um, affected how and, and why people choose not to go into the profession. Show them how to write a 20. Of course, there are glimmers of hope. Despite the pandemic, the number of new licenses issued in Indiana in 2021 was higher than in 2020. Retention at area colleges is good, and local schools have been creating new partnerships with universities. And that's what we need to work better on, is, is planning the idea that this is a, a valuable, critical profession. Do you see anything? It is one that allows you to um, to have value and joy and meaning in your life. I don't see anything with a penny. And right now, there is such a crucial need for teachers coming out of the pipeline. According to numbers from the Indiana Department of Education, the number of teaching positions in the state has gone up over the past nine years. WSVT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. An effort to help homeless women improve their lives is ongoing in South Bend. Home for Tracy recently connected a mother with the resources she needs to find a safe place to stay. The founder of the group has a personal connection to the issue. Clara Ross was homeless with her 15-year-old son. The teenager was too old for some opportunities and too young for others. It was with that frustration that she created her own organization, customizing to the needs of each woman. I was struggling with my mental health and um, depression and um, you know, just a lot. Like pregnancy was very difficult and then homelessness on top of that, um, having to carry my bags with me. Alexandra Smith fled from an abusive relationship. She had no credit, a limited income, unable to afford to deposit or find a place that would give her a chance. Having her son meant providing stability. With that mission in mind, Smith worked hard and signed her lease just this month. It was very important that I you know, do this because of who I'm doing it for. Smith was able to overcome many of the barriers of finding a place because of Home for Tracy. Home for Tracy is named after a homeless woman Clara Ross met and was unable to help. Tracy died in the streets of South Bend instead of a warm, loving home. The memory of her drives Ross to help those in need. She's somebody's daughter. She's somebody's mother. She's somebody's aunt. She was somebody's students. She's somebody to everybody. So as, as a community, we all win or we all lose. Ross says beyond guiding people to resources, the success of her program is holding each person accountable. At the end of the day, Ross says you are the one responsible for your success. That's how I treat each woman as an individual to find out what she needs on her journey. So she tells me and I walk alongside with her to help that happen. So my program is a hands up, not a hands out. I also spoke with a woman today who Ross is unfortunately unable to help. Still, the organization is providing guidance and compassion through her time of need. WSVT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. Confusion and frustration from neighbors of a South Bend man who tried to kill his dog with a hammer after John Hill was found not guilty for torturing or mutilating an animal. Last year, neighbors called police reporting they saw Hill hit his dog in the head with a hammer. If there is evidence to end the suffering of an injured or ill animal, then it is allowed. This law likely contributed to his acquittal. Last year, neighbors called police reporting they saw John Hill hit his dog in the head with a hammer. 
At the time, the St. Joseph County prosecutor stated the killing of an animal is strictly controlled by Indiana law, specifically code that allows destruction of an injured or ill animal by an individual to prevent the animal from prolonged suffering. Fast forward to last Friday, a jury found John Hill not guilty. Court documents show Hill told investigators the dog was sick and he was trying to put it out of its misery. The jury's decision is not sitting well with the South Bend Animal Resource Center and Control. Because animal cruelty happened, that falls within our jurisdiction and our line of enforcement here at the South Bend Animal Control. Um, so we did take John Hill before the Animal Welfare Commission for the city of South Bend, and he was charged as a habitual animal offender, and he is not permitted to own animals as long as he lives within the city of South Bend. Neighbors are now shocked and say it's made the neighborhood uneasy. One neighbor talked to us but didn't want to be identified. I feel nervous for my wife when she's not around because he is mentally unstable. Another neighbor believes multiple people would have helped bring the dog to a vet. Who would actually want to beat their own dog in the head with a hammer? I mean, that's like thinking of like your own child, you know, who would want to beat their own child in the head with a hammer? I mean. Dogs are the same to us. The South Bend Animal Resource Center says there are other options besides self-euthanization. The cost at any animal control facility is as low as $20. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Many who adopted pets during the pandemic are now returning them to the shelters they came from. The Humane Society of St. Joseph County is over capacity. Unfortunately, being over capacity is a problem at many shelters in the area. The director of the Humane Society of St. Joseph County says the situation is quickly becoming unmanageable. Many people are headed back to the office and don't have time for the puppy they got while working from home during the pandemic. Others simply can't afford it as the cost of gas and food continues to go up. The Humane Society director says the situation is quickly becoming unmanageable. Right now, we're really needing the community to help us in placing these animals um, in loving homes. The executive director of the Humane Society of St. Joseph County says many of the dogs being surrendered are under a year old. These are pandemic puppies um, that are now close to being adult age and people can no longer care for them. Jenny Brown says people often overlook the commitment it takes to own a pet. As gas and food prices increase, some can't afford to keep a dog. People are you know, facing financial hardships um, in their own home and they can't provide the care that they think that you know, the animals need. Brown says the shelter can only be a temporary solution. Overcapacity also hurts the staff during a time when hiring anywhere is an issue. This means the dogs end up spending hours in the kennels. They're getting cabin fever just like we would get cabin fever. Um, you know, they have time where they need enrichment um, and they're not getting that. Brown says the staff is compassionate about helping the pets but hopes they can clear the shelters to find all of these dogs loving homes. Being in a home is going to be a lot better for them and their mental health um, and their physical well-being versus being in a kennel. Brown says beyond adoption or donations, there's still ways you can help the Humane Society. If you can't take an animal permanently or maybe you can't take on the cost of owning a pet full time, um, by fostering for us, we provide all the food, the medication, everything that animal needs to you know, do well in your home. Um, you just provide the home and the loving care for it. The Adoption Center is by appointment only, so they recommend filling out the application online to get the process started. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 